0: Listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. This is Exercise Hamill 2016, and I'm with Brigadier Tony Rawlins, who's the commander of 7th Combat Brigade, and we're at a basketball centre in the town of Wyala. So tell us Brigadier Rawlings, what are we doing here?
1: You're indeed correct, we are in the basketball centre at Wyala. We're actually here for a rematch. Um, Last weekend we played the local Wyala basketball teams in a friendly game of basketball. Most of the town turned out, it was a fantastic event, um, and we actually beat them. We beat their their main team, but of course they beat us in the tug-of-war. So they've asked us for a rematch, we're back here a week later.
0: And the purpose of this is to be part of the local community?
1: Absolutely, the Yala population and in fact the population of Iron Knob as well Have been wonderful to us. We've been very closely integrated with them. A number of our training objectives are met through our integration with the local population, Uh, and in fact, a couple of days ago, we actually thought through last night and today the actual township of Iron Knob. So it was a fantastic event and it couldn't have been done without the support of the population. It takes a lot of preliminary work. You obviously have to touch base with them months in advance. You have to explain it very carefully to them and also to the Aryan Mine, who have been absolutely wonderful with us. You explain the purpose of the exercise, you ask their assistance. Uh, The vast majority of them think it's very exciting and very wonderful. It's a, it's a novel event, put on an open day for them. We had uh, a, a massive amount, in fact about 25% of the population turn out for that. Um, and of course they witnessed and watched the battle, something you don't normally get to see in a small local community.
0: Were they role players? Were they involved in the exercise directly in some way?
1: I'd say indirectly. They weren't actually role playing, but certainly once they got to know us and we contributed quite a lot to the local economy, stimulating that, that after a while we got to know them personally and they became our human intelligence network. So even though we are the opposition force on this exercise, they actually suffered from Stockholm Syndrome and collaborated with us against the, uh, the Blue Force.
0: Stockholm Syndrome. So tell us more about that. That's intriguing.
1: Well obviously we got to know them in the township of Iron Knob, we did things like community projects, we swept their streets, uh, we dressed like them, we shopped from their local shops etc, so after a while we just became part of the local community and of course uh, they then regarded the Blue Force as being uh, the opposition, as being the bad guys, when in fact it was the other way around.
0: How then did you plan for that? Because as you say, it took months of planning to get to this stage, so what did that planning process involve?
1: Well, obviously we're working to exercise control, so Forces Command sets the overall uh, tempo and the training objectives for the exercise, but within that they gave us direct liaison authority to speak to the local community. So we came down on a number of occasions, conducted reconnaissance, met with the local mayor and some of the key civic leaders, uh, spoke with them about it, talked about the sort of things we wanted to achieve, and they actually helped us by talking about the sorts of things that we could do to both integrate with the local uh, community, but also to achieve some of our training objectives through utilisation of some local resources.
0: So given the success that you've obviously had as a result of doing that, what do you think can be learnt from Exercise Hamel in terms of community engagement into the future?
1: Okay, well, I think the important thing is that early engagement by getting very, uh, getting, uh, uh, closing with them and explaining exactly what you're trying to do, to talk about the things that are important in terms of the training outcomes, but also to listen to them to find out the sorts of things that they're concerned about. So, obviously, things like damage to local roads and infrastructure because of the the armored vehicles that we utilise, uh, to talk about issues like um, traffic control, um, to talk about issues like um, you know providing some kind of um, entertainment or education to some of the local kids and we've been to a number of the, some of the schools um, some disadvantaged schools etc done a lot of work with them that was a result of direct feedback and uh, dialogue with the uh, with the locals
0: and what value do you think having local community involvement what value does that bring to an exercise like Hamel?
1: Well, for the first time in a long time, uh, you, we, we simulate, for example, urban operations, training facilities around the place. And we normally have to simulate the, the green force or the or white force, which are the local uh, people around through there. When you actually have real live locals in their real live livelihoods and, and their houses, you actually achieve a new dynamic that we normally can't replicate on a training facility.
0: How do you go about doing that, though, so that it is realistic and helps you to achieve your objectives? Do you have to brief local people in terms of how they should behave or what they should do?
1: It's actually the other way around. We actually start to act like them. Uh, but it's important then to explain to them what is going to happen at specific uh, times. So, for example, in the lead up to the uh, the assault on Iron Knob, our local guys really sort of integrated in the community, looked like the locals, acted like the locals, shopped like the locals. Um, and they were able to very much establish a pattern of life that was difficult for the opposition force to to then differentiate us from the locals. But then, of course, when the, uh, when the kinetic action starts, you You basically have to tell them where to be where not to be Um, and of course they're very interested and they want to see how the action is unfolding so it's, it's it's quite a symbiotic relationship
0: how do you prepare then as a brigade to be an opposition force in an exercise that's on the scale of hamel
1: well the good thing is you know as part of our force generation cycle we were the blue force last year And of course we learned lessons from the opposition force that opposed us. This year it's been slightly different um, because the training objectives have asked us to look at a different kind of contemporary enemy, an enemy that uses a hybrid force, which is a little bit different to the normal conventional force. So this year we've had to integrate conventional forces and hybrid forces and special forces um, in order to simulate what is a contemporary enemy who's agile and adaptive and doesn't fight by the rules. So that required us, we did a hybrid symposium, we did a lot of planning and a lot of work together and then of course we've adapted as we hit the ground.
0: And how have you adapted as you've hit the ground? What have you had to do to keep the training here relevant, up-to-date and responsive?
1: Well the first priority has been to generate the training serials that one brigade who are going through their certification process for the READY. Uh, phase to deliver those training serials, and we've done that. But within that, we've also discovered that it's a very different battlefield geometry when you have uh, conventional forces and hybrid forces interacting. So that's been one of the great training outcomes for us. We've also learned a lot, I would say, vicariously through employing tactics and techniques against the, the the blue force that we really haven't seen before or hadn't had to operate against. So there's been a huge amount of vicarious learning from us employing tactics used by the enemy that we've. Been been able to develop countermeasures for.
0: And how did you prepare for those different scenarios that you're describing there?
1: Once again, it was through a conduct of a hybrid symposium where we brought uh, a number of world uh, subject matter experts on this and they spoke to us in a lot of detail. We then ran a number of our own discussion groups around that to talk about how we could uh, basically leverage that information and employ it on the exercise. And then, of course, we went through our own sort of uh, individual training where we utilised techniques and we bought equipment, for example, commercial off-the-shelf unmanned aerial vehicles to employ in this exercise. Um, so there's been a huge amount of learning from our perspective about the way the enemy operates and as a consequence of that, how to counter that. We've constantly adapted um, as we've gone along. So, for example, um, we uh, initially thought that uh, we would have to put out our own intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance and we would have to manually get information on the enemy. But as I say, just through the fact of our inter- interaction and a relationship with the locals, they actually started to offer us a lot of information about what was going on. And that was really, really important because in this battle, space. We haven't been able to match the enemy in terms of combat power. It's been our information advantage and our speed of decision as a result that has meant that we've been able to uh, give him a run for his money.
0: Has that then been the key outcome for you so far, that information advantage that you talk
1: about? Information advantage and then I think uh, what surprised us is how quickly your ability to get Um, information can then translate into a decision cycle Um, and as I said that's been through exploitation of a number of advantages that being a hybrid enemy who doesn't fight by the rules gets.
0: What about the international element to the exercise? How useful have you found that?
1: Well we don't have any international elements embedded into us as an OPFOR but we have certainly been able to exploit differences in the operating methodologies, the rules of engagement, communication systems in terms of the blue four. So it's important for us to understand that when you do get that international flavour and you get differences in the way we talk, communicate, think or operate, that the enemy is actually quite alert to those and can exploit them.
0: Given that we still have a few days to go on exercise, Hamill, what are you expecting the key outcomes to be from your perspective?
1: Well, the key thing from my perspective is that One Brigade will be certified as the ready force uh, and they've done a a fabulous job on this exercise. We haven't made it easy for them. We've given them a bruising. They've expected that and we've given it to them as a contemporary, agile and adaptive enemy. So all of that has contributed to One Brigade being, um, I think, as best prepared as they could possibly be to now assume the mantle of the operational ready force.
0: And for your people, what has been the training value?
1: The the training value again has been our ability to think and act like the enemy and when you think and act like the enemy you develop a a very, very intelligent and educated means of countering that enemy, an enemy that we haven't fought before but who is operating obviously in the world at the moment.
0: And finally from your own personal perspective, what have you got out of this exercise?
1: I've got wet and cold but I'm not sure that's exactly what you're looking for. It's just a journey of learning for me, but also uh, I'm just so impressed with our soldiers, uh, our men and women, the officers and soldiers of the 7th Combat Brigade. They've come down to a different environment, to a different climate, and they've excelled. Their ability to practice skills that they've learned uh, and, and apply that in different environments has been world class.
0: Brigadier Tony Rawlins, Commander of the 7th Combat Brigade, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Masculdare reporting from the Basketball Centre in Wyalla at Exercise Hamel 2016. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.